0: I was in that situation that um, I was offering consulting services, independent mm. consulting services, at a time when uh, when when I just graduated. <laughs> so this definitely isn't an easy situation because usually in the development sector you're measured by years of experience. Mm. So that clearly has been has been a challenge. But how I mastered, in fact, this this challenge is by.
1: Um, Welcome to the Grow Beyond podcast, a podcast devoted to international working experience. At Grow Beyond, we facilitate global career starts and help people to grow beyond their comfort zone. In this podcast, we interview young people that have built an international career on the steps they took, the challenges they faced and the lessons they've learned. They share tips and tricks and insights on their industries and countries they're working in. We are showcasing international opportunities and highlight how finding work abroad might advance a career faster than staying in your comfort zone. Let's get ready to grow. You are listening to the GrowVion podcast episode 6. Welcome. Today we're talking to Felix Haas. Felix is an independent public and private sector consultant who supports initiatives in economic development and investment in Myanmar. He has been based in Myanmar since 2013 and worked in the country from a development and academic perspective. Felix actually has a background in business and engineering. He studied and worked on an international scale in research and technical fields as manufacturing and aviation. In Myanmar, he has worked together with the GIZ, the United Nations Industrial Development Organization, the World Bank Group, USAID, and the EU Myanmar Center. With no further ado, here's Felix. I am so excited. Welcome to this Grow Beyond podcast number six. And today we have Felix joining us. Felix, thank you so much for being here and uh, talking to us on this podcast.
0: Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot, Rona. I'm also very glad to be here.
1: And um, it's really exciting because Felix is actually based in Myanmar now since almost four years, Um, but he's in a visit uh, here in Berlin, so I have him live uh, sitting here with me, the first interview that we're actually recording live, so... Um, Before you moved to Myanmar, which is now almost four years ago, you were based in Berlin. Are you originally from here? And you also have a background in engineering, while now you're a consultant working in development. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about what took you to Myanmar and also how your career evolved in the direction that it did with the original background you have.
0: Yeah, thanks. These these are all great, great questions I need to say. Um, My professional background has in a certain way been been an odyssey. Uh, My background initially has been in industrial engineering and and, and business. I studied at Berlin Institute of Technology. Um, Typically, what, what a graduate of my course of study would do is to work in a factory environment to manage manufacturing enterprises. And um, I believe I I chose a different way. Um, It was, um, I I did during my studies a a couple of um, international, um, I I had a couple of international stops during my studies. And uh, one of these stops led me to to Singapore where I did an internship. From there, I in fact then went to to Myanmar. Um, It was at the very end of my studies, of my master's. And so I, I saw the opportunity. To, um, to do something different, to work in, in the public sector, to work in development. And Myanmar has been a really exciting environment, a really exciting country that just opened up. Mm. So that, that initially led me, led me into, into this development context.
1: Yeah, it's a very, um, very exciting environment. I think you came also at the right time because a lot of things changed during this time when you went there for four years ago. So maybe you can tell us a little bit more about Myanmar, first of all, as well. What are the current challenges you're working on? What are the opportunities you're seeing? Obviously, very broad question, but maybe you can give us a little take on this also for people that aren't so familiar with Myanmar listening now.
0: Yeah, let me st- start, first of all, uh, with the location. Mm-hmm. It's between India and Thailand. <laughs> Let's start with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Myanmar is a very exciting country. It's uh, at the most geostrategic place in the world. It's surrounded by one-third of the world population in between India and China and the ASEAN region. Um, but it has been a country that had been as isolated as, as North Korea, perhaps still still is. And the country has, has undergone a, a really rapid opening process over the last last years. Um, there have been, in, back in uh, 2010, uh, the first elections after uh, a military uh, government uh, ruled the country for, for a while, um, we have a democratic transition process, we have an opening, we have a lot of reforms going on over the last uh, couple of years. And um, this is also part why why I wanted to to get to get involved in this very exciting environment.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, maybe we can also look again a little bit at this different background you have, and then how you actually got into. I think your first position you had in Myanmar was with GIZ, right?
0: Yeah. So as I, as I mentioned earlier on, I uh, I was. Uh, at the end of my studies. I was uh, just finishing my degree in, in industrial engineering and business um, and was, was thinking this is a great opportunity uh, When when you already enter your professional life do you actually have the, the choice to decide where you go? When can you actually try new things? And uh, I felt I should take the opportunity while I'm still enrolled in an academic program mm-hmm. To, to do a little bit more things out of the box. And so I went, uh, I went to Myanmar. I didn't apply for any position that was, that was advertised, but I, I just I basically emailed the, the head of the country program of that uh, German development uh, mm. cooperation program. And um, basically was so lucky to, to email at the right time. Mm. So I got involved in uh, a very pivotal private sector development initiative there. And that all then led to a lot of things that uh, I, I kept doing. So mm-hmm. it, it really opened a lot of, a lot of doors to, to step, out of, um, to step out, of, out of regular academic studying mm. and to try, try an, a new experience as an intern.
1: I remember that you also, at the time, you were writing your master thesis, right? So how did that work out with GIZ? Could you, how did that fit together, this development work and the engineering background? And how was that actually a chance, this master thesis that you were writing with them?
0: Yeah, so I, I need to say that um, this this internship that I was initially doing in Myanmar, it opened a lot of opportunities. And it also allowed me to to see a couple of, Um, areas of research that I wanted to look at. I mean, a couple of questions regarding Myanmar that, that I wanted to explore... And so this master thesis that I then wrote on, on Myanmar, it was a very easy choice to just say that I, I don't want to sit in a German library and want to, want to write a, a literature study on, on something that tens of thousands of students before me have already mm. investigated. But I wanted to, to do something that, that, acts, that adds actual, actual value, that answers a question that, that, um, that hasn't really been answered. Um, so I was in the master thesis and also so, so lucky to continue that cooperation with GSZ and um, to provide or to, to write a thesis that then uh, also helped the, the German government agency to a bit re- rethink their approaches and uh, to, um, to incorporate some, some new perspectives in, into it. So, in in that case, I would say it was a bit of 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 course the network, the relations that I built during that internship that helped me then also write this master thesis.
1: Was it difficult for you to get this twist from engineering background to development work? How did it fall into place
0: i I, I would say it's it looks very different and it's very much the same. Mm-hmm. When you are an engineer, you you try to think in a system. You try to think analytically. You you try to s- identify an issue. You always try to try to, try to find the little the weakest the weakest screw in the system. And um, this is is a very helpful uh, set of tools that you can also apply in the development sector. That I would say more people in the development sector, in the public sector, in governments. Should should have. Um, one needs to see the the whole interdependencies of of, of different things happening, and um, I think my my course of study it has actually qualified me for for that. I need to say that this, you know, or by the by the choice of the course of study, um, of of course you you get to see that um, this is already a broad course of study. You learn. In what I studied, you you learn about general engineering, you learn about business management, and you also learn about economics, and perhaps my work is most related to to either either economics or to um, economic policy or uh, to to business management Mm. than it is to engineering.
1: And when you, for example, when you reached out to the GIZ, was it difficult? I mean, thinking now of students that also maybe have a certain background and, and feel like, oh, now can I go in a, in a different direction with what I actually studied? So when you, for example, contacted the GIZ, did you? how did you make this connection or how did you make the twist of, I'm an, actually an engineering student, but I would like to, to work in development now f- with you?
0: It is just about courage. When... Mm-hmm you want to do something when you're interested in a, in, a, in a certain subject, when you want to work in a specific country, in a specific industry, you should just have the courage and, and reach out to, to, to the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't even need to be the case that you find uh, an email address of the key person online. Perhaps you can identify a contact through LinkedIn. Perhaps you know someone who knows someone Mm. Uh, who, who who might might have a contact there? Mm. Utilize all these connections because we don't realize that necessarily here in in, in Germany or so. We, we just look for recruitment portals, but this is not the way in, into most of these mm. these positions. You need to undertake the initiative, convince people about of your skills, and uh, you need yeah, you know you you will find find a much more fulfilling type mm. of type of job or internship or uh, other type of uh, professional assignment if you, if in fact, reach out to people and convince them of what you can do and what, what you want to do and how that adds to what, what they want to do.
1: Mm. And uh, so it all started around four years ago with this one fateful uh, internship in in myanmar and ever since you stayed so um maybe you can give us just a really brief take on what you're doing now you're an independent consultant but you worked already with a lot of very interesting organizations you did a lot of very interesting projects so maybe just a, a quick take um to imagine what what your role incorporates now
0: yeah, so my work is at the interface between public and private sector. Mm-hmm. So that in, in clearer terms means I'm working with government agencies, with um, UN agencies, with the World Bank or, or other such such institutions on the one side. And I also work with, with private companies that want to venture into Myanmar, uh, that want to do things in the broader Southeast Asian region. Um, so... I'm I'm doing such kind of work as an as an independent consultant. This this already might not be a concept that everyone is is aware of here in, in this developed country, Germany. Um, you know, uh, of working freelance that, that might not be something that you find uh, on a on a daily basis. But it is much more it's much easier in in that um, in that context of such a developing country as Myanmar. To just start your 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 own things and um, to um, to to offer services to uh, start start a small venture uh, or or other things. Um, so really, that has been a more enabling environment perhaps abroad than than it is here back home. Mm-hmm. Um, how how that all emerged in fact, or how how I found my, my along my odyssey, how I found my my way. Into into what I'm doing now, um, I've I've been trying to continuously learn. I've been trying to continuously improve my my skills, and mm-hmm. I think my there's different methods of, of how to, to get started in such a context. Um, some people would, would would try to look for <clears throat> for a mentor, someone mm-hmm. someone who would who would help them, who would would guide them. I never look for the mentor, but I look for much more senior people to cooperate mm-hmm. with um because what i could i could bring to the table was was fresh ideas was um uh, fresh skills from universities yeah. a, a systematic way of thinking a different perspective as someone who who has worked with the private sector in in manufacturing enterprises and uh, and this this actually allowed me to 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 grow and to to find um, to find new new perspectives and new roles also in professional terms
1: that's a very interesting and very bold take because like you say not only looking for mentors but actually looking for um, yeah Moments. for corporations yeah and working with these people how did that work out how how have you found the reaction towards this were people very open interested in this intergenerational corporation or how was it
0: I I I need to say luckily they, they were quite open um that you you maybe in, in in cultural terms that differs depending which which country you go yeah, to
1: that would be my next question what's the difference between for example Germany or Asia how have you found that
0: yeah yeah definitely mm. there's there's a clear difference i mean if you try to do what i did in Myanmar if you try to do it in Germany you will face barriers of hierarchy mm. you will uh, find a lot more senior people who also show you that they are much more senior, mm-hmm. and uh, this this sometimes can be can be challenging. I felt in this context of um, of this country Myanmar, it, it was it was in a way easier um, mm-hmm. because um, there were a lot of helping hands needed. There uh, um, were a lot of questions where research had not been done and where people didn't know how to how to approach certain issues, and. So what people were looking for are, were fresh ideas at that time, and um, so I, I felt, you know, it, it was it was it was an enabling environment in that mm-hmm. in that sense.
1: And from the work, from the intergenerational work you did there, let's call it that way, um, was it fruitful? Like, did you achieve the outcomes that you thought it would have?
0: Yeah, I I, I believe so. Um, the way how I started working in, in in Myanmar was not necessarily driven though by more economic object- mm. objectives as as, mm-hmm. as as most people would. So um, I felt the time also after my studies, after graduating, was not necessarily a time where I needed to get the the, the right paycheck immediately, mm-hmm. but uh, it was more um, a time when 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 I felt. I can actually create impact. I can mm-hmm. actually do things that, that that matter, and I can work on on issues that maybe in in other country mm-hmm. contexts I wouldn't be able to to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I took it more as a chance of uh, of, of continued learning, mm-hmm. and um, therefore tried tried things. And I would say I was I was in that situation that um, I was offering. Consulting services, independent mm. consulting services, at a time when uh, when when I just graduated. Yeah. So this definitely isn't an easy situation because usually in the development sector you're measured by years of experience. Mm. So that clearly has been has been a challenge. But how I mastered, in fact, this this challenge is by um, by simply performing, by yeah. by being passionate about topics, by raising issues and. The positive thing in that development sector is any problem you can you can actually solve because um it's it 's just a matter about. Uh, convincing someone to to take take things up. So Mm. the development sector works a bit differently from from private business.
1: Mm. But, I mean, this is a very interesting point you made there because you started to offer these contracts, this consultancy work with very little experience. So what did you think? Because you said, yeah, you you manage by performing, but to buy people in, first of all, for people to say, okay, let's do this together. What did you think? What was the key to success there that you could actually perform and show what you were capable of doing?
0: Yeah, for, first of all, it is, of course, like with any project, it's about acquisition. Mm. So how do you get into business? Um, that's, I would say that there's different ways. Mm. The the first way would be to, to work with people mm. um, whom you're not competing with. Mm. So I'm mentioning these these senior experts, these uh, long standing experts in a, in a certain in a certain topic uh, of course these, these you 're not competing with them, but you you can basically work with them as a uh, as a junior consultant you can complement their work look mm-hmm. um, look over their shoulders that I would say is one one entry point, so basically uh, a kind of a, a cooperation with colleagues I would, I would I would call it people who are in a similar situation um, another way. Is as I said, is to be passionate about a certain topic, and it's about uh, raising this, this this topic to to someone's attention. That uh, can be that can work in in, in different ways, of course, um, but especially in that in the development sector, if you are making a point, if there is an issue existing that can be taken up. Um, why can't you be the one basically flagging it, and why can't you be the one then taking it up? So, I would say that these 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 are these are entry points. Um, in um, depending also, I mean, as a recommendation, depending on what uh, what uh, what all of you are looking for um, in in the business sector, though, it, it might be very different in the business sector as compared to my work one would more look for a more stable working relationship mm. one would more look for um constant work i mean mm. uh, just just a job offer and um i wouldn't say that that that's any any different though mm. being being curious being uh being open to to finding out new things attending events that mm. are related to uh to the subject matter uh, writing people on LinkedIn, emailing people, mm-hmm. all, all these things. Um, and it's the it's same approach. in fact.
1: Mm. And you also did pretty soon after you started, you had uh, interesting contracts, for example, with the United Nations uh, Industrial Development Organization, Myanmar, and big other names as well. How did you get in there? Was that still the same way? If you think of more prestigious organizations, one might think they weren't really experienced people, like you already said. How did you find starting col- collaborations with them?
0: Yeah, I, w- I would say not in, in, in terms of standard ways. I, I believe very rarely I, I applied for any publicly, publicly advertised uh, vacancy. Mm-hmm. Um, but how I, how I got to work with these organizations is in fact by, 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 by flagging an issue. Um, mm-hmm. Talking about the World Bank Group, for instance, I go to work with them because I approached them one year before I, I started working with them, I approached them with a research proposal. I wanted mm-hmm. to take up um, um, a piece of research on a, on a particular topic. And I was trying to find out whether this aligns with what, 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 what they uh, basically could imagine doing. So I was actually delivering the, the idea mm-hmm. for, for the work and then it just happened because th- this is not a, maybe a usual way how these people are being approached mm. um it just happened that they got interested and excited about the topic because it really has been exciting and then um in fact they they they, they addressed it also a couple of other contexts that i've been working on with uh, you know renowned organizations um it, it it happened because i tried to take up another issue uh, just mm. one one very exotic example: I got uh, involved as a project manager of a, of a youth empowerment initiative for for the Canadian government. In fact, because I helped um, the beekeeping community of Myanmar,
1: mm, the beekeeping so, community exactly mm. the
0: honey producers. Uh, so, and it just happened that the, the, the same the same person I was then working with later was was handling these two two types of projects, and mm. so it's. Um, it's it you know as i said just be 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 passionate and mm. um you know do your do your work,
1: yeah very interesting. Um, maybe we can also talk just briefly about you had um, shorter roles, placements, internships, and now also you work on short-term basis with people. Usually, um, what kind of challenges does that pose? How do you integrate in such a short time? How can you create impact in such a short time? How how does that usually work?
0: Yeah, the the, the greatest challenge that you have as an as an independent consultant, as someone doing something. Um, as a freelancer on, on one's own, <clears throat> that is in fact to, uh, to, to, to schedule, mm. to prioritize, uh, to, to get things done. <clears throat> what you might want to do is to, to schedule your, um, your, your assignments, to do this kind of work in, in October, then in November, this type of uh, assignment. And what happens then is the October one is going to be delayed by one month and the november one is urgent and mm-hmm. needs to be finished before december mm-hmm. so what, what what happens is that you end up with a lot of responsibilities um, and none of these parties you work with actually knows what kind of timely pressures you you mm-hmm. you, you have so you need to remain flexible a little mm-hmm. bit um, um, it, this might be also specific because i i'm, I'm working on on a lot of very short term assignments mm-hmm. um but mostly things that don't last longer than a month. And then it it, it really can get, get a bit tricky yeah. in, in terms of scheduling.
1: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it sounds quite tricky, especially when you have a heavy workload, right? So let's just go back um, a little bit in time while you were still studying. So if we have students maybe in their bachelor's, or in their master's listening, um, I think one of the first roles you had was like an internship. Uh, you actually Two interesting internships with Siemens and with Lufthansa. Um, how did you get these very first roles? Did you simply apply for it, or also back then still in engineering? Did you do some extracurricular activities at university? Was there something that you could recommend that you found helpful to get into the workforce after university?
0: Yeah, as an as an entry point for these these internships. Um, I would say that also not the, the 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 standard application process has been the way how I how I uh, mostly got into things. Um, for instance, I was doing an uh, an internship um, with uh, Mercedes-Benz um, near Berlin, in fact, and this, of course, as a as a very prestigious company, of course. Um, I believe there's a very standardized process, mm. and I need to follow this process, mm. fill, fill in application forms, etc. In fact, I was attending uh, I was attending a, a job fair at my at my university, and uh, there just happened to be uh, one of one of these booths of, uh, of, of Daimler as well. And I got to talk to, I guess, the right the right person. Mm. And in fact, uh, after after a discussion of of some 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 five minutes, we we in fact, we, we, you know, it was just about discussing when 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 I could start. I mean, that was for a technical internship, mm. though, so that's a bit more, uh, more 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 standardized. So here, I didn't follow any any of these procedures. For instance if we talk about this internship with Lufthansa I applied in a regular process mm. I know I mean I've been competing with 80 other people I just got got so lucky to mm. to get get into that uh, that role in, in in Singapore um it's there's, there's different different ways that, that one can choose but Definitely, job portals, I mean, they are just one out of many ways. Mm-hmm. So be be basically open and try to try to find out, get the context of people who have been working in such companies, who have been doing an internship. And all of these people are, are valuable resources to actually locate these people whom you should reach out mm-hmm.
1: to. And also with the GIS, we already talked about that a little bit because it was in a different area than you studied in. So you think your key point there to sell you was that you could outline how your skills would add value to what they were doing.
0: Yeah, exactly, that's what I what I did. So my, my first communication was in in, in fact to uh, write my then was what kind of competencies um, mm-hmm. I, I have and how they would interlink and how they would add value to what they're doing at, at the moment, mm. uh, so um, in fact, it is it, exactly about this. I think it's it's quite an extreme example because I, I send out one when email which, um, which which already uh, where mm. already got 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 traction. Um, however, um, one one always needs to be aware of one's skills mm. and and uh, uh, also one needs to understand how these companies or these organizations that you want to apply for, how they actually do operate mm. um, because that is basically how you want to where you want to fit in, mm. so you should know what what your contribution can be what why you want to get there and this is not just about questions for an interview but it's it's more about really finding finding a match.
1: Mm yeah you already shared very interesting insights on how you uh, you got your way into these uh, very interesting roles. Um, do you have maybe one piece of advice for networking? What have you found being useful, especially in the Asian context you' are mainly moving in
0: <laughs> yeah in in terms of networking, I think we have a lot of different different cultures. Um, the very first thing that I needed to do when I started that internship in, in Myanmar was. To request my boss to print business cards mm-hmm. because that has been it has been a much more business card based culture mm-hmm. and a much more networking based culture so instead of googling what a company is doing it it, it has sometimes been been more effective to to ask to ask in your network mm-hmm. who can help who's doing what etc mm-hmm. um, in 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 Germany and in, in a lot of developed countries, I think I think we forget networking. We we mm. forget its relevance, and and if we forget that, we end up basically in in one job in one department, and you know we don't we don't really get get out of it. Um, this work in 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 Asia and this you know very uh, this this environment which really values networking and which makes it. Essential. I think that showed me a lot. And so I, I tried to apply this, this also back here in, in Germany and in, in, in other countries. And in fact, it, it, it matters whom, whom, whom you know, it matters um, if, if you understand how, how a certain organization works. So do, do reach out, use LinkedIn, um, attend events that are within areas of your interest so that you can actually connect to these people who also attend these events because they are also interested in the same as you. Um, so really networking is, is, is quite a key and unfortunately it's not necessarily being taught it, at, at universities.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. So if young people, people are interested to look towards Myanmar and start a career there, interested working there, what are... Um, current opportunities in the development field, or what, what do you think, what options are there in the country right now?
0: There is plenty of options. Mm-hmm. I, I would say Myanmar has, is, is quite, quite an, open, an open market, an open economy where, where a lot of things can be done, and where a lot of things can be done by, by anyone, I mean, at any age. Um, I've seen a lot of people trying to start their, their own business. Most of them actually successfully, mm-hmm. but you know, entrepreneurship always is a risk. Um, a couple of people have started their own little cafes. Um, mm-hmm. A friend of mine a salad shop. It's it's, it's really a broad range of of, of things that mm-hmm. that you can do in in such an economy. Um, however, other opportunities um, are in. Um, basically work, working in the in the development uh sector working um working with UN agencies etc um there is a comprehensive country program that all of these organizations um including World Bank United Nations bilateral donors um NGOs that they that they have so if if someone is interested in in a particular area or if someone has a Particular um, area of expertise um, as a medical doctor or um, as someone with a, with a business background. There's there's, there's plenty of opportunities to um, to do to work for for all these different for embassies, for UN agencies, etc. Um, also, what we have in Myanmar is, of course, and I think that's the most dynamic part, of course, of um, of this, this country uh, you have a private sector that is just waking up mm. you have um, an economy that, that has been dormant since since 1962 in fact and uh, which has just, just opened up so there's plenty of options to either become an entrepreneur as I said earlier or also to work with entrepreneurs mm. and um, to take up um, business development roles for instance or um, to
1: is it easy for foreigners to get into that, like to, to get a role in terms of visa and openness of the companies to take foreigners in?
0: Yeah, I, w- I would say there there is an openness to, mm. to, to get into it. Uh, of course, you have different different targets when you look at Myanmar. You can work with a local company, um, which are usually uh, mostly family-owned conglomerates, I mean, banks, airlines, etc all under one one roof of uh, of a conglomerate um or you can also work with international companies i mean including uh, general electric mm. coca cola uh, metro invested in, in myanmar as well so mm. such so you have you have these, mm, these 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 choices i would say becoming an entrepreneur uh working in a local or international company or Um, also involving in that development sector
1: Mm. okay um Finishing off, maybe just two, three more questions. Um, Maybe we can just have a take uh, of you on the most useful advice that you could someone give that is about to graduate or that's looking to to enter this field of work you are in. Um, What would you tell the 20-year-old you maybe as well? What is a bit of advice from um, this very international work experience you have um, accumulated in the past few years?
0: I think it's a, it, it's a good way of looking at my 20-year-old myself. Um, in fact, uh, on my, my 20th birthday, I, w- I was just finishing high school. So I was uh, at that time, I wasn't aware of uh, what, I would, <laughs> what exactly I would, uh, I would study. I, I wasn't aware f- uh, of what my professional path would be like. Mm-hmm. In fact, I need to say that uh, what I s- chose to study in fact wasn't what I then finally studied so I, I changed my course of study actually in the in the meantime um, so really i w- I, was, I was at the beginning i mean I, w- I was just learning what kind of professions were out there, and honestly, I felt that uh, perhaps at school i didn't i didn't really see that full scope i mean i didn't uh, i mean i didn't learn how uh, how the economy worked. I didn't uh, I, many many things. I mean that I now take for granted. I think I didn't I didn't know, and it's it's really been a lot. I I needed to learn <laughs> over that over that time. Um, so again, what I would say is is to 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 experiment a bit as I did, and to go in into one direction and to see if that's the right direction. If not, then. To, to definitely undertake or to, to take the um, uh, you know to take the opportunity and and get out of mm-hmm. out of this choice if it's if it, if it's the wrong one
1: mm-hmm. take uh, initiative and change if you don't feel like yeah, it's the
0: right it's a bit of trial and error mm-hmm. <laughs> i think that has been if you don't know how how something works i mean either you you find someone who has been going mm-hmm. through trial and errors and you identify for yourself if if, if that if you can learn from that person if that's you know, if you would learn the same lesson, or you learn the lesson your, your yourself. So, um, so from 20 years until, until now, um, at first I I got passionate about this this course of study, industrial engineering and 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 management, and I found so many opportunities. I was believing I would I would work for, in fact, an aviation or aeronautics mm-hmm. company. Was uh, studying in. In, in, in Toulouse as part of a dual master's degree. I wanted to work, in fact, for, for Airbus at that time. Uh, while then I, I found a way to get into to get into Asia and then to get into at first Singapore and then, then Myanmar. So I went through so many steps of, of, of learning and trial and errors and opportunities that came up. And I would just recommend anyone to, to do the same. Mm-hmm. And to try things and um, to to go into the best way that that uh, that you are seeing at mm-hmm. least if you if you don't have if if you fully know what what you want to reach where you want to be in in ten years time you can do it but honestly I didn't know that at that time
1: mm-hmm. and you went from being an aviation manager in Toulouse to being a, a, a consultant in Myanmar that is an interesting interesting path as well. Um, so just to finish off, for people that are interested to look into Myanmar, um, to find information on what they can do there, what options are there, are there some um, resources, some websites, something that you can recommend, maybe also that we can share in the information uh, of this podcast and um, yeah, and so people can go out and, and have a look into things we discussed today as well?
0: Yeah, First of all, I would I would recommend anyone who is excited about an, an emerging economy and about economic transformation, about political issues, um, to look at Myanmar. It's a, it's a really exciting uh, mm. it's a really exciting economy. Um, from 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 my perspective, the the f- first first entry point might be to look into more than the media. Mm. So to do. To do a little bit of background research, not necessarily what you read in the media in the media you always find more the, the bad news about about any any place in the world who would report about about good things happening mm-hmm. uh, so try to build, build up your um, you know your own uh, mm-hmm. perspective on onto these um, onto this this economy um, so of of course start Start, start googling. Start finding. Uh, start finding research. If you are interested in the particular sector of, of Myanmar, um, utilize these resources from international organizations. In particular, mm-hmm. uh, there are business surveys being conducted so that you can understand how the economy works. There, if if, if you're looking at things from a health perspective, uh, the World Health Organization has, mm-hmm. of course, done their the assessment. So there's a lot of statistics, of course, and, and academic studies also around, and um, this this can be can be an entry point. Mm. Um, of of course, I mean, for finding any kind of international positions, also you can you can utilize the. The, the standard tools, you can look for jobs advertised on LinkedIn. Mm. But this is just, just all a fraction of mm. what, you, what you can find out. I, w- I would say utilize all these, all these channels to map who is, who is there, who can be interesting for you to work with, uh, who is around. And then, um, yeah, basically dig, dig further <laughs> and uh, find, find, out, find out more about these organizations and, and people around there.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Felix, for sharing your insights today, um, your path, and um, yeah, a bit of information on how everything developed for you from Germany across France, Singapore to Myanmar, and uh, very interesting country. I so also I encourage everyone to look into it. And thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Yeah. Th- thanks. Thanks a lot, Rona, for for having me here. Thank you, Felix.
1: Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed these insights and are ready to grow beyond. If you have any questions or feedback, please head to www.growbeyond.com, beyond spelled with U because it's all about you, or email rona at growbeyond.com. You can also find us on Facebook and LinkedIn. All info is also in the description of this podcast. We are looking forward to hearing from you. Let's grow. I'm Rona. Thank you for listening.